Close with me, please. <clears throat> we are going to go back to the message that we didn't finish last last Wednesday. And we better have a little bit of a review. Let's see how good our memories are. How, how good we were listening and uh, how good our memories are as well. title of the message that we began last week was Prayer Can Change God's Plans. Prayer can change God's plans. Not that it always will. We're not saying that. Prayer doesn't always change God's plans. Prayer can change God's plans. Prayer is able to change His mind. Not that it always will, but it, it could. It could. So the first, the first uh, few points, <clears throat> let's see how good your, memories are, your memory is. Uh, we talked about that God was about to destroy a nation, but the prayer of one man saved it. Can anybody tell me who that one man was who prayed? Yes. Moses. Moses. And what nation was it that he prayed for? Israel. Israel. Did it happen one time? No, it happened several times. At, at least, uh, we looked at uh, one, one, two, three, four times at least that it happened. That Moses prayed for the nation of Israel, and uh, God changed his mind. He was going to destroy the, the, the sinful, stubborn, uh, backslidden nation, because they had, had just uh, gotten on his nerves too much, if you will. And he was gonna, going to start over with Moses, because Moses had been faithful and been, been obedient to everything that God had said. But Moses came before the Lord in prayer and asked God, would you please spare the nation? What will... What will the other nations, the Egyptians and, and the Amorites and all these other nations say if you destroy them now? You've already made it known to the, to the Egyptians that you are going to bring this people, this people, into the promised land. And what, what are they going to say if you don't do that? And what are, what are they going to say if you wipe out this nation in the wilderness? And God changed his plan. God changed his plan four different times. And then the next thing we looked at, we, we saw that God was about to destroy a person, a person, and prayer saved his life. Who was that person that God was about to destroy? Somebody else. Aaron. Aaron was about to be destroyed, and who was it that prayed for him? Moses. Same person, Moses, prayed for him too. Prayer can change God's plan. Then we saw that God was about to destroy a city. Uh, on the on the on the on one condition that it, it was wicked before God, and God changed the conditions of the destruction. What was the city or the cities? I should say, the cities that were Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes, Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities of the plain. And what was it? What was the condition that that? And by the way, who prayed? Who prayed for that for for Sodom and Gomorrah? I heard it. Who was it? Abraham. Abraham. Very good. Abraham prayed for Sodom and Gomorrah. And what did he ask God to do? <clears throat> How did he ask God to spare the city? He prayed. He prayed and what did he, what did he ask him for? What did he pray for? Ten, 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 ten yes, he got it all the way down to ten righteous. Well, where did he start? Do you remember that? The first time he asked? Ten, ten, no, no, not that, not that many. Half of that. 50. 50. You were close. Very close. He started at 50, 
And he got it, got it all the way down to 10. He asked the Lord uh, repeatedly, how about a lower one? How about a lower one? Would you just, would, would, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 40? What if there are 30? What if there are 20? And God changed the conditions of the destruction of those cities. And not only did God honor the primary request of Abraham that day, which was to, to not destroy the city if there are 10 righteous, but he honored the secondary. He, he honored everything that Abraham asked for. Did you ever think of that? Everything that Abraham prayed for that day, God honored. God answered. The, the second request, the secondary request that Abraham had made was, Lord, you would not destroy the righteous with the wicked, would you? And God didn't. God took the one, and we're told in, in the New Testament, there was only one righteous person in all of those cities. Lot. Just Lot. The just man, Lot. And God removed that righteous man out from among the wicked people. He, he uh, honored Abraham's request. He, he had it done. He had the angels do it. And he removed the one righteous man out of the, the wicked cities. And then he destroyed the cities. So everything that God, uh, excuse me, that Abraham prayed for that day, God uh, brought it to pass. God brought it to pass. And then the last point we looked at last week, determined prayer, determined prayer can, can again, not will. It's never will when you're talking about prayer. <clears throat> Unless you are a great person of the faith and you are always praying within within the will of God, then then you could put in will <coughs> according to what Jesus said. Uh, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. There's a will there, but you must must be praying in the will of God. You must not have sin in your life. You must have faith. Okay, so that that's that's when God will. But other than that, prayer can determined prayer can. Bring blessings from the Lord when there may have been no blessings intended. Prayer can bring blessings from the Lord when there may have been no blessings intended to be given. And we saw that in Jacob's life. Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord. Maybe perhaps it was the Lord himself. We're not sure. The Bible calls him the angel of the Lord. And the angel uh, told Jacob to let me go. And Jacob said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Jacob wrestled with God. And that, and that wrestling with God, by the way, the physical wrestling is a picture of wrestling with God in prayer. Uh, being being uh, portunate in prayer. Uh, being, or is it importunate? I guess it's importunate in prayer. Uh, not giving up in prayer. Always, always uh, keeping on praying for the same thing until God answers that prayer. That's the picture that Jake, Jacob wrestling with God uh, shows us. And Jacob would not let go of that angel until he received a blessing. And, and I don't know if God intended to give him the blessing that day. Maybe he did, probably he did, who knows. Uh, he, he would have given it to him someday. Um, it, it, it was definitely in God's will that Jacob became known as Israel at some point. But maybe it wasn't that day until Jacob wrestled with God that night. And God changed his name that night from Jacob to Israel, from a supplanter to Prince of God, Prince of God. And we, and we noticed how that in, in those days, the name Jacob was a lot worse of a name than it is today. Like today we would just say, hey Jacob, come here. 
Well, back in those days, they were speaking Hebrew. And they spoke what the word Jacob was. Supplanter, come here. Uh, what's the other word? I forget. Defrauder. No, not defrauder. Supplanter or... Somebody help me out. Deceiver? Usurper, thank you, usurper. Those are the two words that it means. Supplanter or usurper is what you would be saying when you called Jacob. Hey, usurper, come over here. And, and so God changed that to prince of God, prince of God. And so it, it was a huge blessing instead of being called usurper all the time to be called prince of God. And then we also looked at <clears throat> Jabez under this point. Determined, determined prayer can bring blessings from the Lord when there may have been none. Jabez asked the Lord for, for blessings, and God honored his prayer and gave him blessings. <clears throat> and prayer also, uh, as far as blessings that, that when there may have been none, prayer can open the barren womb. Prayer can open the barren womb, and, and God can give children when there is none. We see that in, in, within this point, we see that God controls childbirth. God controls who is conceived and who is not conceived. So God is the one that gives life. And God, when, when God does give life, life begins in the womb, in the womb. Uh, life does not begin at birth. There has been life there for over nine months. Okay, Prayer can open the barren womb. So those, that's the review. God was about to destroy a nation. But prayer changed God's mind. One man saved a nation. God was about to destroy an individual. But God, God's mind was changed again through prayer. God was about to destroy a city. But prayer changed the conditions upon which God did indeed destroy it. <clears throat> and determined prayer can bring blessings from the, Lord, from the Lord when there may have been none. So let's look at point five, please. Turn with me to Job chapter 42. Job chapter 42. Prayer can change God's plans. Prayer can change God's mind. This is an awesome, an awesome truth that little uh, unimportant human beings, you and I, <clears throat> can do something that would affect the mind of God. The mind of God. Wow. Little old me, little nothing of, of who I am, could, could do something that would cause God to change his, his, his monumental plans. Whoa. That is, that is powerful. That is power with God. If you want to have power with God, you better be a praying Christian. A praying Christian. The fifth point this evening. <clears throat> unselfish prayer... Unselfish prayer can impress God so much that he blesses all those involved when there may have been a single blessing for one person originally intended. Unselfish prayer can impress God so much that he blesses all those involved when there may have been a single blessing for one person originally intended. Look at Job 42, verse 10. <clears throat> we'll start in verse 9. So Eliphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the, the, the Naamathite, went and did according as the Lord commanded them. The Lord also accepted Job, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Notice that what God had told uh, Job to do through, through his three friends. Verse 7, 
And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right, as my servant Job hath. Therefore take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you. For him will I accept. So, so God said, you guys, you three uh, have been terrible friends to Job. You, you've said, said things that aren't true about me. I'm very displeased with that. Go offer a, a sacrifice for your sin, and Job will pray for you. And because of Job's prayer, my wrath against you will be assuaged. So the, the, the command was for the three friends to go to Job and Job to pray for the three friends so that the three, three friends would not be under the wrath of God anymore. But notice what, what fully happened. That's not the only thing that happened when Job prayed. Job did pray for them. God's wrath was assuaged toward them, was appeased toward them. But that's not the only thing that happened when Job unselfishly prayed for his three friends. <clears throat> Verse 10 again. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came there unto him all his brethren and all his sisters, <clears throat> and all they that had been of his, of his acquaintance before, and he did eat bread with him in his house. And they bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money, and every one an earring of gold. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels and a 1,000 yoke of oxen and a 1,000 she-asses. He had also seven sons and three daughters. So because of Job's unselfish prayer, God turned the captivity of Job. He honored Job's request, which was, Lord, please turn, turn your wrath away from my three friends. They're repentant. They're sorry for speaking that which was wrong against you. And God did... But God did much more than that because of an unselfish prayer from Job. He gave Job uh, double what he had before. Not only was his three friends, which were, which were the original uh, receiver of the blessing of God's wrath being appeased, not only were they given that blessing, but Job was given a blessing. Also, ten children were born into the world. Ten children were given life. Because of, of the blessing of God upon Job. Unselfish prayer can impress God so much that he blesses all those involved. When there may have been a single blessing for one person originally intended. A second illustration of this. Go to 1 Kings please. 1 Kings. Job praised for his three friends and everybody including Job. Including uh, children that were not necessarily going to be born. They were born. God blessed a whole bunch of people because of Job's single unselfish prayer. First Kings chapter 3, please. And verse, starting in verse 4. We'll start in verse 3. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. And the king went to Gibeon, to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar. 
In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness, for thou hast given him a son to sit on his, on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant, he's talking about himself now, thy servant, king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And, And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. And Solomon awoke. And behold, it was a dream. But it was a dream that was a, a, a true dream and a dream that came true. It was a vision from the Lord in a dream. God blessed Solomon. He, he, his prayer was unselfish. He could have prayed for riches. He could have prayed for long life. He could have prayed, Lord, help me to be a, a conquering king on the battlefield. Help, Please let it be that nobody could ever stand before me. Uh, uh, stand, uh, no army could ever stand before my army as long as I live. That, that would have been a, a, a reasonable prayer as a king. You know, you could, you could say that that was, that was a patriotic, a patriotic prayer that nobody can defeat uh, the, the Israelites, as long as Solomon lived. But it would be a selfish prayer, wouldn't it? The prayer that he did pray was unselfish. Lord, I need wisdom to lead this people correctly. And God blessed that. He, God was impressed with that. And God gave, because of that, God gave Solomon the wisdom that he asked for, but he also gave him wealth beyond anything he could ever imagine. And it, did it only affect Solomon? No. Solomon's blessing affected the entire kingdom. The Bible says Solomon made uh, silver to be as stones in Jerusalem. The whole nation was affected by Solomon's prayer. By Solomon's prayer. And of course the nation was affected uh, for good by the wisdom that Solomon led the nation in. The blessing that, that he requested from the Lord. Unselfish prayer can impress God so much that he blesses everybody involved, everybody involved, when there may have been a single blessing for one person originally intended. God said originally to to Solomon, Ask what I shall give thee. And God ended up 
giving the nation all sorts of wealth, not just Solomon. All sorts of wealth, all sorts of spiritual blessings with Solomon being so wise. Oh, wow, the whole nation benefited for 40 years, for 40 years while Solomon lived. Unselfish prayer can can impress God. Number six, prayer can change God's mind, but, this is number six, prayer cannot change God's mind in every situation. We've been saying that prayer can change God's mind. Prayer can change God's plans, but prayer cannot change God's plans in every situation. What kind of situation would that be? Well, prayer cannot change the predetermined will of God. Prayer cannot change the predetermined will of God. In other words, prayer cannot change what God has absolutely determined will be done on this earth. For instance, God has given us prophecy. Prophecy about the end times. In the Bible, God has said there will be an Antichrist that comes to, the, to, the, to world power, to the throne of the world, and rules the world for seven years during the time we call the, the Great Tribulation. There will be a one world ruler for seven years. There is nothing prayer can, prayer, that prayer would or could do to change that. You would be praying against the will of God if you prayed that there, please Lord, don't ever let there be an Antichrist come to the throne. God said that, I'm sorry, God would say to you, it's already predetermined. I've already written it down in my word. My word cannot change. Don't bother praying that prayer. That's a waste of breath. That prayer is not going to be answered. That prayer is God is not going to honor. Prayer cannot change what God has determined will absolutely be done. Go with me to Jeremiah, please. Jeremiah chapter 7. Jeremiah chapter 7. And look at verse excuse me, verse 16. Jeremiah 7:16. This is a, a, a statement that God gave to Jeremiah that he fully intended Jeremiah to obey. This was God's determined will right here. God tells Jeremiah in Jeremiah 7:16, "Therefore pray not thou for this people" referring to the nation of Israel, specifically the, the nation of Judah, the southern kingdom. Neither lift up cry nor prayer for them, neither make intercession to me, for I will not hear thee. God's saying, I have determined that I am, am going to destroy the southern kingdom. Jeremiah, don't waste your breath and ask me not to. Your prayer will be wasted. It will be wasted time. I am going to do this. Turn to chapter 11, please. Jeremiah 11, verse 14. Prayer cannot change what God has determined to do. And we know know what God has determined to do by what God has said in His Word. The promises of God are predetermined. That's the predetermined will of God. God won't break a promise. God's word is true. God won't break his word. Whatever we find in in his word is absolutely determined by God. Jeremiah 11.14 
Therefore, he says again, Therefore pray not thou for this people. Maybe I misunderstood you the first time, Lord. No, Jeremiah, you didn't misunderstand me. I'm going to say it again. Pray not thou for this people, neither lift up a cry or prayer for them, for I will not hear them in the time that they cry unto me for their trouble. I will not hear them. Go to chapter 14, please. Chapter 14 and verse 11. Then said the Lord unto me, Pray not for this people for their good. Whoa! You mean I'm supposed to pray for, for evil to come upon them? Well, that's what God had, God fully intended to bring upon the people. Verse 12, uh, pray, pray not for this people for their good. When they fast, I will not hear their cry. And when they offer burnt offering and an, and an oblation, I will not accept them, but I will consume them by the sword and by the famine and by the pestilence. Wow. Don't waste your breath praying against anything found in the word of God. It truly is a waste, a waste of breath. Jeremiah 15, one more verse along, along these lines in Jeremiah. 15.1 Then said the Lord unto me, Though Moses and Samuel... Could there be any way, Lord, you would change your mind about this? Though Moses and Samuel stood before me, yet my mind could not be toward this people. Cast them out of my sight and let them go forth. Talking about go, going forth into captivity. Prayer cannot change God's predetermined will. God, a prayer cannot change what's written in the Bible. Never will, never will. And prayer cannot change prophecy. I've already mentioned that. Prayer cannot change prophecy. Prophecy will happen. Last point this evening. Prayer can, could change God's mind. If we want to have great prayers answered, if we want to have great prayers answered, and possibly even be able to change the mind of Almighty God, we must keep ourselves from sin. We must keep ourselves from sin. This is one of the major, major secrets to having your prayers answered. Turn with me to James, please. James chapter 5. I don't know about you, but I want my prayers to be answered. I would love my prayer to be, to be able to affect God's plans. My little, me, my, me and my puny little self, my prayer could change God's plan? Wow, yeah, I want that, don't you? Somebody say amen. 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 James chapter 5, I hope you do. James chapter 5, verse 16. If we want that, you and I are going to have to keep ourselves clean from the sin of the world. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say the effectual, fervent prayer of a Christian availeth much. It doesn't say that. It says of a righteous man or woman. Okay, A righteous person. A righteous Christian. One who doesn't have sin in their life. The, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's the first step to getting your prayers answered. Keep yourself from sin. It is the righteous 
the righteous whose prayers have power with God. Have we stayed clean this week? Do we need to go to the Lord in confession? John 1, nine. if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to go to God on a daily basis and keep, keep the sin account clean before God. Keep it caught up to date. It is the righteous whose prayers have power with God. Secondly, did you know that your prayers can be hindered? Not just not have power with God. I want to have power with God. Then you better live righteously. But did you know that your prayers, not only can they not have power with God, but they can be hindered before God. Your prayer can be hindered with God. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. And all of these deal with uh, sin and unrighteousness in some way or another. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Why would your prayers be hindered? What is it in this verse? I looked at this verse and I studied this verse. And I was thinking, what, what is in this verse? What is he referring to that would hinder prayer between just because of the actions of a husband toward a wife? Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. There's, there's, there's one word here that I think is the key. Honor. Honor. Giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. I believe one way our prayers can be hindered is by dishonoring your spouse, dishonoring a brother, a brother in the Lord, dishonoring somebody in authority. Your prayers can be hindered by your dishonor of somebody you're supposed to honor. Wives, that should be a big one. That should be a big one. You're supposed to submit and give honor unto the husband. Husbands, we're commanded here to show honor unto the wife, that our prayers be not hindered. Mm. So a believer's prayers, I believe, can be hindered by dishonor towards someone that they are supposed to honor. Secondly, by wavering faith, our prayers can be hindered. Go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Wavering faith. Wavering faith can cause our prayers to be hindered. James 1, 6. <clears throat> I'll start in verse 5 to get the context. context. If any of you lack wisdom, and the idea is, also, anything else as well that, that we need. Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith. This, and this is not just referring to, Lord, please give me wisdom. I need wisdom. This is, this is a, a general statement in reference to praying to the Lord for anything. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. And notice verse 7, For let not that man, the, the man that wavers in his faith as he's asking God for something, 
But let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Maybe the Lord will answer that prayer. Maybe he won't. Our wavering faith can, go, can cause our prayers to be hindered. Last sub-point this evening. If we want to have great prayers answered and possibly even to change God's mind, we must keep ourselves from sin. The believer's prayers will go unheard while we are in sin. Turn to Psalm chapter 66. Psalm 66. My prayers could go unheard by God? I thought God would always hear me. Well, he hears and he knows you are talking. He hears in that way as far as hearing. He, he hears everything. He knows you are talking. But as far as acting upon our prayer, ah, that's a different story entirely. That's, where, that's what we're talking about, unheard. God, our prayers will go unacted upon by the Lord while we are in sin. Psalm 66 and verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me, will not act upon my prayer, will not answer my prayer. He hears, he knows you're asking something, but he's like, child, you are disobeying me blatantly. I'm not going to bless you right now. You start obeying me first, and then I'll bless you. That's the idea. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. He, he hears, he knows you're crying out to him. He always does that. He always hears your, your prayer, but he will not always answer it. Your cry will go unanswered, unheard in that way. Go back to, go back to James chapter 4. <clears throat> Somebody else find for me Job 27. 8 and 9. Somebody find James 4, verse 3. Somebody else find for me Job 27, 8 and 9. Who has James 4, 3? Okay, you got Job. Who's got James 4, 3 real quick first? Thank you. James 4.3 says, Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. So we're, at, we're asking with a sinful, a sinful reason, just to consume it upon our lusts, just to have it because I want it, just because I'm lusting after it, I, I, I'm praying for it. Go ahead, Xavier, read Job 27, 8 and 9. Very good. Job 27, 8 and 9. For what is the hope of the hypocrite, though he hath gained, when God taketh away his soul? Will God hear his cry when trouble cometh upon him? The hypocrite, talking about the person that has has heard the needy cry, and he's turned his back. Oh, no, I won't help that person. And God says, you're a hypocrite, because you're going to cry to me, and because you have not heard that person's cry, I will not hear your cry either. You're a hypocrite. I won't hear your cry. Turn, turn with me to Micah, please. Jonah, Micah. And 
Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah. It's the only way I can find some of these minor prophets. Micah 3, 4. A lot of pages fluttering. I'll wait for a second. Micah 3, 4. Then shall they cry unto the Lord, but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face from them at that time. Why? As they have behaved themselves ill in their doings. There was sin in the camp. Sin in the camp. Remember the story of Achan? God would not bless the entire nation because one man had sinned and had taken that which God had said was reserved for him. It was God's. And Achan stole from God. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. One more, and we'll be done. John 9.31. John 9.31. The believer's prayers will go unheard, unanswered, while he is in sin. My prayers will go unheard while I am in sin. And so will yours. John 9.31. Jesus, uh, I guess this is John the Baptist, excuse me. Nope, this is, this is the man that, that uh, Jesus healed, blind from birth. John 9.31, Now we know that God heareth not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God, and doeth his will, him he heareth. We know that God heareth not sinners. It's something we, it's, it's kind of in, ingrained in our heart. If I'm not pleasing to God, God's not going to hear me. We know that God heareth not sinners. You, if you want, do you want your prayers to be answered? Stay out of sin. Keep, your, keep the, the sin account before God, your sin account before God, up to date and clean before God. Confess your sin. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I did it again. Would you please forgive me? I hate doing that. I slipped and tripped up again. Please forgive me. I'm, I'm trying to not do that. The believer's prayers will go unheard. They can be hindered by dishonor. Don't chew that police officer out for pulling you over. He had a good reason, I'm sure. Honor to whom honor is due. Honor to whom honor is due. And our prayers can be hindered by wavering faith. Wavering faith. Believe that God can answer your prayer. Believe. Is God almighty or not? Somebody say say yes. (laughs) There we go. God is almighty. It means He can do anything. He created this world out of nothing. He can supply our needs. Don't have wavering faith when you're praying to, the, to an almighty God, the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for this study. Father, would you put it upon our hearts to see the need for prayer and how uh, powerful prayer is. We frail human beings can affect your plans, can change your mind. Oh, if we would only be prayer warriors for God. Father, I pray that you bless now this, the prayer time as we go, go to prayer. Teach us to pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.